chilling new original docuseries on Paramount Plus. Why did he kill his family? The answer lies across the ocean in a woman named Sylvie. She's a can model. Where desire leads to deception. I ended up spending twelve and fifteen thousand dollars a day. It was addictive. I can't get you out. And obsession leads to murder. Who did this to your family? You can't really maintain a fantasy forever. Control Alt Desire, now streaming on Paramount Plus. Get fired up. It's your boy, BC. The State of Combat Podcast, CBS Sports, UFC 249 Fight Week. We're back, baby. We're back with a bang, as old Andy Silva would say. The first fight card of uh, first pro sports, if we're going to be honest here, in about two months' time during this coronavirus pandemic. Hope you all are doing great. Uh, you know the SOC's got you covered this week. UFC's going to make this comeback Saturday, 249, loaded card, Jacksonville, Vice Star, Veterans Memorial Arena, empty crowd, all that. You're going to catch it on pay-per-view, though. And the State of Combat's got your detailed preview earlier this week. Sugar Rashad Evans and I, plenty of around-the-clock coverage on CBS Sports HQ with big interviews, breakdowns, analysis, your boy BC, all that. But today... It's a special interview edition ahead of two, four, nine. Got a couple, got a handful of real good stuff here. Bite-sized interviews you're going to like. Breaking down the card. We've got UFC President Dana White, the boss. He's here. I'm the boss. I'm the boss. It's my way and no other way. End of story. Thank you, know? you. Thank you Dana. Thank you. Uh, look, you know, he brings it. We're going we're gonna, to we're gonna tee him up. We're going to get it. Behind his, uh, you know, sometimes reckless, sometimes uh, incredible motivation to get this card done. We're going to talk to two OGs, two veterans of the game, Anthony Pettis, Donald Cerrone, the cowboy, about what should be a fantastic action fight that's going to serve as the preliminary card main event on ESPN this Saturday. How'd that fight come together? And most specifically, why Cowboy Cerrone prefers this type of last-minute opportunity. He said he had two-plus-week camp for this only. And, you know, he laid an egg against, against Conor McGregor earlier this year. And he's not dodging that. He's not running from that. And he's coming back to try to snap this three-fight losing skid. And we've also got Stipe Miocic. He may not be on this card, but the UFC heavyweight champion is going to update his quarantine for us, how he's working on the front line in his native Ohio as a paramedic firefighter, raising money through Modelo for that. But also his thoughts on this heavyweight tilt this weekend when Jair Rosenstruck, Francis Ngannou square off, most likely a chance at the belt on the line. Steve is going to talk about that, whether he'll return this calendar year to take on D.C. or not, and what the future brings. Uh, I mentioned the SOC's got you covered, right? We're all fired up for fights. We're all fired up to get that normalcy back this week. So be sure to check out after the fights, of course, our State of Combat instant analysis show coming right after you after 249. Live coverage on CBS Sports HQ, your 24-7 live streaming network uh, out of my basement here. I'm going to be breaking stuff down for sure. Um, it's just good. It's good to have that sense back, that that feel back of that, that something matters 
that uh, you know, I mean, look, does sports matter in the, in the grand scheme of things? Uh, no, uh, compared to what's really going on. But within that sports world, when you get something that matters again, it's it's obviously the perfect segue, breakaway, uh, pause on your life to go out and enjoy it. So uh, I'm ready. I'm getting uh, I'm getting fired up. I'm a white boy and I'm Jack. Deal with it. Thank you, Brock. We're gonna deal with that together. Um, here's what we're gonna do, though, folks. After a pause for the cause, we're going to be back with our four-pack of interviews to get you ready for a loaded card. Henry Cejudo, Dominic Cruz, and that co-main event for the Bantamweight belt and the interim lightweight title on the line when Tony Ferguson and Justin Gaethje square off in the main. Top to bottom, a damn good card. We're going to hear from those participants and more. I think you're going to like the way this podcast looks on you. I guarantee it. This is Tony Kornheiser's show. I'm Tony. We expected someone else. So what exactly is the show about? Hmm, I don't know. It's a sports show nominally. Football's over, but we're finally at a point where things matter in college basketball and baseball season is on deck. Greatest three words in the English language, pitchers and catchers. We have some of the best voices come on and explain what matters or what makes an upset, like Ryan does, <laughs> nine over eight. No, that's not an upset. No, yeah, it is, Bob. And if you're lucky, I might just tell you about my search for discounted sleep pants or my worries about what my dog just ate. Listen on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can now relive the best moments of the UEFA Champions League 24-7. The UEFA Champions League channel is a new 24-hour streaming channel serving non-stop goals, highlights, and full match replays from the world's most prestigious club competition. Reminisce on your favorite moments, legendary players, and brilliant goals with the UEFA Champions League channel streaming around the clock on Pluto TV and the CBS Sports app. The boss joins us, and Dana, fight fans will get their first taste of normalcy in a long time through this quarantine on Saturday in Jacksonville, Florida, and on pay-per-view. You've called this the biggest fight of your career to get to this point, to make this card happen. What has been the hardest part of this journey for you? Oh, everything. The, the entire thing has been hard. Um, you know, me and my crew were, were, would go to work in the, in the morning, figure everything out, then the next day all the rules would change so we would have to switch it up and, and, and figure something else out. It's been incredibly challenging, yet fun at the same time. You know, this is absolutely a loaded card, and I give you guys a lot of respect for that. Two title fights atop of it, very deep through that preliminary card of just fights you need to see. Why was it important for the company to come out swinging big in your first bout since March 14th in Brazil? Yeah, well, obviously we're backed up like four cards, so we had a lot of a lot of great uh, fighters available. But um, it, you know, we always want to come with, with the best possible cards. So um, you know, we're we're excited for this one. And what, what I love is it's like three and a half hours on uh, on on ESPN on free TV before we even go to uh, to pay per view. And I think people are dying to see a live sporting event again, and, and they're going to get it this Saturday night. You know, some of us have spent our quarantine in many different ways. I've uh, given myself a haircut for better or worse results. You, on the other hand, had seemed to make more headlines than anybody since Dr. Fauci during this time, both good and bad. <laughs> what has been the most, let's say, misrepresented part of how your critics have, have judged your boldness in getting the train back on the tracks for your company? 
Yeah, I would I would say, you know, the, the, the worst is people think that I'm just out there saying I don't care about the coronavirus and and, and we're going to do this anyway. We, we know how serious the, the coronavirus is. We're taking it very serious. Health and safety just didn't pop up for us a few weeks ago with the coronavirus. It's always a concern for us for the last 20 years. And I'm one of these type of people that, that likes to figure out how, how do we solve this problem instead of running and hiding from it. And uh and we think we've got to figure it out. Nothing is 100% guaranteed, but we, we've taken all... You're telling me that they can't golf right now on TV? They couldn't do a, a live golf match on TV? Of course they could. The, the reality is the powers that be in golf are afraid of the media. I'm not afraid of the media. You've been very outspoken with that fact, shooting back against the media. It seems the most you've been upset has been when people have sort of made opinions or assumptions based on financial reasons, and that's why you're working so hard to get these fights back. Can you clear that up from your point of view, all the rumors and the reports surrounding your parent company Endeavor situation, and what role that played in your forcefulness to get back on track? Yeah, it's played absolutely no role whatsoever. Uh, obviously, Endeavor is a completely separate business than the UFC. And, uh, you know, people saying, you know, it, it's purely financial, not for me personally, I could have retired a very long time ago, okay? So it has nothing to do with me personally, financially. And for, for, for our staff, we haven't laid off one employee at the UFC. Every employee here is still getting paid. Um, you know, we've told our employees they don't need to come back and work if they feel uncomfortable. Everybody that's going to be a part of this event, whether it's my staff or fighters, are people that want to do it and, and, and want to be involved in this thing. So, you know... Anybody who has, has made that claim is a flat-out liar. Well, I want to get to the, the quality of this card, like I mentioned, in these fights specifically. I think a lot of people watching this that may not have been following the day-to-day -day want to just know the very basics for the fighters, the staff, this weekend in the big step forward you're taking in Jacksonville to do this in front of an empty arena. What will the testing procedures and the, and the medical be like for, for this unprecedented times? Yeah, safety, safety and uh, health of, of our athletes and our, our staff isn't something that just popped up a few weeks ago with the coronavirus. This is something that we worry about every weekend going into a fight. So, we, you know, we've cut the staff way back. Um, you know, the people who are going to be involved in this event, running it, filming it, whatever it might be. And then, uh, you know, we, we, let me tell you what, when you come back and you do something like this, it's very expensive. It's not cheap. And we've spent the money to make sure that this thing can be as safe as it can possibly be. Nothing is 100% guaranteed safe. No matter when I drive home after this interview, it's not guaranteed that I'm going to make it home safe. There are no guarantees, but we're going to spend the money to make sure that this event is as safe as it can possibly be. Well, this card, UFC 249 this Saturday, originally headlined, of course, by Habib Nurmagomedov and Tony Ferguson. Five times you've tried to make that fight that needs to be made, and five times it's come up empty, bad luck, injury, all that. There's almost this narrative, though, Dana, I wondered if you agreed with it, that for as great as that fight can be, from an entertainment standpoint, this consolation prize of Justin Gaethje filling in for Habib may end up producing a better fight in the long run. How do you see that sorting out this Saturday? I could not have said that better myself. The reality is, is that if you can't make the fight that everybody wants to see, which is Habib versus Tony, you make Tony Ferguson versus Justin Gaethje. Now, as a promoter, I can never guarantee you when I promote a fight that, hey, listen, if you tune in, you're going to see the best fight you've ever seen. 
I guarantee you, if you tune in on Saturday night, you are definitely going to see an incredible, amazing knockdown, drag them out war. And this fight will absolutely, positively be a contender for fight of the year. Uh, I'm wondering if it's going to be our leading clubhouse uh, leader for fight of the decade, given the first year here, 2020. It has that potential. How do you think, though, Dana, given what we mentioned with the unprecedented times, the short training camps, all the uncertainty that you went through in trying to get this card off in California, now Florida, how might that affect Ferguson and Gaethje from the standpoint of what the fight will look like inside the cage? Yeah, you got to understand, you, you, what you're dealing with in the UFC are literally the best fighters in the world. So these guys have been doing this forever. And literally everybody on this card, um, you know, are, 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 you know, in the top 15. And uh, you're, you're going to get nothing but great fights. These guys are ready. They've been doing this for years. They're the absolute best in the world. And uh, we should have a really, really good night on Saturday. Co-main event, a big one we must see. Bantamweight title bout Henry Cejudo against former champion Dominic Cruz. And Dana, Cruz 35. You talk about a bad luck story of injuries, yet inspiringly coming through so many times. Four years removed this time. What would this be from the standpoint of a, a good story, a feel-good moment for Dominic Cruz to come back and win the title for a third time? It's absolutely possible. Dominic Cruz is one of the best to ever do it. Um, the guy's had the unluckiest career of anybody I've ever seen as far as injuries go. Um, but for a guy like Cejudo, Cejudo wants all these big names. He wants all the guys that are perceived or were perceived as the best in the world on his resume. And when I say that, I mean the Jose Aldos, the Dominic Cruzes. These are the guys that he's that he's targeting and going after. And be careful what you wish for, because a guy like Dominic Cruz is, is, like I said, he's one of the best ever. And he is a very crafty veteran who could absolutely pull off an upset. And I think it would be one of the biggest upsets in the history of the sport. I'd say on this deep undercard, Dana, the fight I might be looking forward to is Donald Cerrone, Anthony Pettis, because you give me two big names that you know are going to bang. I'm going to be there. But this heavyweight tilt you have on the pay-per-view main card, Jair Rosenstruck, Jairzinho, excuse me, the unbeaten against Francis Ngannou, who we know knocks people out cold. Are we looking at essentially a de facto number one contenders bout with this fight? 100%. Yeah, the winner of this fight is without a doubt the number one contender. But we still have to figure out, uh, you know, uh, Cormier and Stipe. So this is definitely the, the next person in line after that fight. Uh, again, not only are these fights great, all of these fights mean a lot in each division, too. I mean, Jeremy Stevens and, and Calvin Cater is a ridiculous fight. You got the Karate Hottie and, and Carla Esparza. And the list goes on and on. The card is insane. Dana White, this is not just UFC 249 in Jacksonville, Florida this weekend. You'll be pulling off an ambitious three fight cards over an eight-day span. Florida, as we speak right now, the only state allowing pro sports as an essential business. If these three fight cards go as you expect them to go, what kind of ripple effect do you think this has across combat sports and even the team sport landscape as we move forward in this uncertainty? Yeah, what I'm kind of hoping is this gives other sports leagues the confidence to get out there and do what I'm doing and figure this thing out on how to put on the sport as safely as you possibly can. I submitted a 30-page document to the uh, governor of Nevada and the governor of Florida, and I would be willing to share that document with any of the other leagues after we pull this thing off next week. 
Uh, I can't let you go without talking about Fight Island. I mean, this has been the buzzword of the last couple months. Uh, where does one go to purchase a Fight Island? Who did you purchase this island from? I'm going to need more details here, Dana. I didn't purchase the island. I just cut a deal for us to use this island, um, you know, for as long as this this thing lasts. The, the one thing that we did when this thing all started was we tried to figure out what, how is this going to affect our business over the next year or, or more? And the, the one thing that we absolutely knew with this problem was we were going to have trouble getting people in from out, out of the country um, as the world started to shut down. So how do we, we're, we're a global business. If we just keep putting on fights in the U.S., we're going to smoke all our talent and, uh, and we won't be able to put on fights for the rest of the year. We need international fights. So we figured out this deal with Fight Island and uh, all the infrastructure is being built. It will hopefully be done by mid-June and I can go that weekend that it's done or by the end of June, we'll start putting on international fights. And these are fights that we would have done in, in Brazil, uh, Canada, um, where else were we going? Uh, you know, all these other fights, oh, Perth, Australia, and the list goes on and on. All right, I want to close with this. You're sitting in the UFC offices in, in some kind of a war room. We've seen you in there before. All the rankings and the fighters' names behind you, that's where the matchups get made. Let's talk this matchup. You've teased in recent weeks that Jorge Masvidal, one of the brightest rising stars right now in the UFC, the BMF champion, may not be headed in the direction of welterweight king Kamaru Usman. That tells me, as a fan and journalist, Conor McGregor, anyone? I mean, can we do this thing? What's the latest on this? The fight that makes sense is is, is Usman, and, 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 and they should fight. Okay, that's that's the, the title fight should happen. But, you know, people have been asking me, what about Conor? What about Conor? I don't think that that fight makes sense for Conor. But people love it. You know, people want to see Conor fight all these guys. It's a, a weight class above for Conor. And uh, I, I don't love it. I think you should fight Usman. We'll see how it plays out. We're going to check out UFC 249 this Saturday. Maybe an empty arena, but we'll be stuck to our TV screens. Get that taste of normalcy again. Dana White, thank you so much. Congratulations on pulling this off. Thanks for having me, man. I appreciate it. Hey, Anthony, how you doing, man? Doing great. Uh, fired up for this fight in uh you know, nobody was even thinking about this fight. So how did this come together? Man, they, just, they hit us up like four weeks ago, and they were like, you guys want to fight? You know, the first fight back. And, you know, Cowboy don't say no, and I don't say no. So we, uh, we got our dates back. Not bad, not bad. Um, How, you know, much had you been in camp, and how had you been getting by, you know, personally, emotionally during this pandemic? Well, initially, when it first happened, I wasn't in camp. Now, I thought in January, I think thing popped up like I mean right after my fight I was seeing it like in Italy and in China and we, I was kind of just following it and then you know, hit here and I was stuck in Vegas for man, almost a month not gonna leave Vegas um and I, I was and I was definitely just running and biking and trying to get outdoors as much as possible but as far as like flight training I wasn't training at all um and then I got back to Milwaukee and a week back in Milwaukee is when uh, they, they gave me the call uh, are you of the attitude, because I've seen it split across fighters during this crazy time where you're not getting the same gym access, it's just weird. Are you of the attitude that that doesn't matter, you call me, I'm fighting? I mean, you know, I'm I'm, a, I'm, I'm the fighter's fighter. I feel like I fight anybody anytime. Um, I'm, I'm always, I, I believe in my skill set. I feel like I'm one of the best in the world no matter what, just putting it together. 
Um, a big reason why I took this one is my last fight, and I didn't get to fight. You know, I had such an amazing training camp. I did. I put so much hard work in that last fight, and I just hit the bed in that in that performance. So, um, you know, when they called me, I'm like, hell yeah, I need to erase. I need to erase my last performance. <laughs> so, uh, you know, is it a balance between like 75% of your normal conditioning with with 100% of I got to win this thing? Bro, it's crazy because like my, my whole career, I'm always like, I want to like change up my training camps. I want to do something different. But this time I really had to do it. And I'm so glad that we did this. Man, I'm telling you, like the, the amount of information and, and how clean I look in four weeks is, is ridiculous. So I'm excited to, I'm, I said, look, when you're doing this for so long, man, like we, we have a training schedule that's set, you know, like pro practices at one thirty, you got strength conditioning, and then you have your pad work, your jiu-jitsu, and all that on the side, whereas this time, it's like, pro practice isn't pro practice, it's Anthony Pettis practice, and what do I need to win the fight, how am I getting better, and I got so much more out of that one hour and a half or two hours than I got out of a week of doing pro practice with the team, so um, it was a blessing for me, man, like, this is how I will continue doing my training camps from now on. That's cool. That's cool to see. Um, how do you think you're going to react to taking a big fight, a fight you need to win in an empty arena? How do you expect that's going to feel? Bro, every fight I fight, I need to win. You know, so I feel like that pressure is always there. Um, this time there's no fans adding to that pressure. So I, I feel like it's going to be a sparring match. You know, it's like it's a sparring match that the world's watching. But I mean, I, it's a real fight. But like the vibe is like you're you're not entertaining the audience. You're trying to win that, that fight, and I, I like it. I get caught up in that a lot. You know, I'm Showtime, and I hear the audience. I'm like, damn, I got to put on a show. I got to give these guys their money worth. I feel like this time, that won't be there. So could could Showtime still pull off the kind of only kind of offensive moves that Showtime Pettis can if there's nobody there to see it? I mean, if a, if a Showtime kick lands well, and nobody's there, did it actually happen? It's even bigger, bro, man. Because I mean, the world's watching. That's what I'm saying. If, if I land that Showtime kick again, it's, it's ridiculous. For, no matter where it happens, that. Um, I could do it in, you know, outside of a bar, you know, on a Saturday <laughs> night. <laughs> it's crazy. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I like I like it, man. I'm telling you, I like I like this setup. Like, it's, it's, like I've done it every which way possible. I fought in Japan where they don't make no noise. I, I, I fought in crazy arenas, um, you know, so I'm excited to see what this brings. Yeah. You still there? Yeah, one second. I'm sorry some coffee. Yeah. So, what? Talk to me about the the uh, emotional side, because I know just from me being a journalist, it's like this fight card was on, then it was off again, and we all appreciate the hard work Dana and company put in. What was it like for you when you're kind of waiting by the phone for that same update of is this going to happen? What state it's going to be in? How was that whole process? No, it didn't happen like that for me and Cowboy. Like, they called us four weeks ago. Well, actually, three weeks ago. Like, we had, we've been training for three weeks now. Um, uh, you know, four weeks out. A month, a month until the fight is what we had. Um, so, we didn't... I wasn't even planning on fighting. And when I when called with the opportunity, it was like, all right, time to switch gears and let's let's get to work. And ever since then, you know, once I signed that contract, I didn't, I didn't think... I didn't even care where the fight was. I was hoping Fight Island, but, you know, <laughs> Florida, 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 yeah, that's true. That's true. All right, take me back to the first fight against Cowboy seven years ago. Rewatching it as I did recently, I forgot that there was a little bit of beef between you guys. He had called you out, and you had spent a lot of those uh, early interviews heading in, being like, "Man, he doesn't know what he's about to get himself into." Uh, what has happened to you guys personally and professionally since then? Is there still a little edge to the rivalry? Man, I'm 
man. Like, uh, you know, he was definitely talking like I was trying to avoid him. And when we came in the WEC to the UFC together, he's like, yeah, that is, you know, didn't want to fight me in the WEC. And every time my name was brought up, like he would look the other way or something, something like that. I forget what, what, what the line he said. And that's by far the truth. I mean, everybody who knows me is I fight anybody and anywhere, anytime. So, I, you know, that, that was something that pissed me off. And then, you know, when we got to fight, I think, I forgot what he said, something like, something about like, they're embarrassing you or some shit. I'm like, all right, you know, let's 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 get to it. And we're in Chicago, so it was like all my hometown. It was it was just it was perfect, man. Like it was one of them fights that I that that put me to my title shot. After I beat Cowboys, when I got almost got fought, Aldo. Yeah, and and you were right in the midst of, of of prime Pettis there, and I I went back and watched the way you dismantled Cowboy, and man, those kicks to the body seemed to just break him in half. Uh, how different is the strategy this time around against a totally different Cowboy? Um, man, it's it's weird because like a couple of my last fights, I have I don't I don't think I had a strategy. You know, I'm, I'm I was out there like I'm gonna go fight, and I should win if I just do what I'm supposed to do. Um, this time. In the training, I'm starting to see the stuff that my coaches are telling me. And it's been a while since I've seen that. And now, like, now that the practice is all about me, like, I'm winning on both ends. Not only on, like, the being flashy and spectacular, but I'm also winning on the points because we're keeping track of that now. So, um, you know, it's just, it's just, it's just I'm, I'm just glad that this happened, honestly. Like, it was a blessing for my training camp. That's great. Uh, what do you remember about uh, finishing him the first time around? Did you know he was hurt when he landed that first kick, which seemed to set up the next one? Oh, yeah. I, knew, I, I, I took my time with it, too. So he's, he's known for throwing them, like, crazy knees when someone pressures him. That's his, like, way to get pressure off him. A double leg or that, that, that set knee. Um, we were kind of timing that. Thank you. We were kind of timing that knee. Um, and he caught me with one. I did, a, I did a heart roll kick, and he caught me with one. Um right on my chest, and it was like a deep one. I'm like, oh, I can't let that happen again. So right after he got me with that knee, I switched stances. And the first left kick I threw, I just did it really clean, not even hard. I just flipped it up there. I just saw his vein in his neck just, like, stick out. And when you see that vein in the neck stick out, you know, they can't breathe. Um, so I just picked my time. And I hit him with a, uh, a knee off the cage. You know, I jumped off the cage. I hit him with a knee off the cage. Um, I had him. You know, he, he was just pretty much just waiting for me to hit him again. Like, he thought I was going to go to the head, and I attacked with the left punch to the body, and he's waiting for the head for the, the head kick to come, and then I just went to the body again and snuck it in there. Nice, nicely done. Uh, you, the same night that you fought your last one, obviously Cowboy in the main event uh, against Connor, uh, what were your thoughts about his performance? Man, I didn't even see that fight, honestly. Uh, well, I thought afterwards, I, when, I fought, when I fought that, I was so pissed at my, my results of that. Fight, I'm trying to bust my ass for that training camp. Like one of the hardest training camps I've ever did in my life, alone. And that was the performance I got. And I was so pissed, bro. So I, I literally just left the fucking arena and was just like, I need to figure this this shit out. Um, so I didn't watch this fight till like this fight popped up. I mean, it wasn't it wasn't a fight, you know. I think he got caught the same way. I think he did an interview saying like he didn't he was he didn't want to be there or something, something like that. Like yeah. Yeah, before the fight, he felt like he didn't want to be there, and that's what it looked like. You know, Cowboy can fight when Cowboy wants to fight, he can fight. Um, and it, it looked like he just didn't show up that fight. Yeah, he kind of summed it up in saying that he likes to fight when it's just for fun, and he can freestyle and be himself, but the pressure of the bright lights got to him. Can you relate to that at all at any point in your career? Um, no. No, I can't. You know, I feel like um, every time I go in there, I'm, I'm ready. I, I would say, like, at one point in my career, I, would, I wouldn't say the bright lights got to me. I definitely got burned out, like, complacent with what was going on. It wasn't as exciting as it was before. 
before. Um, that definitely happened to me. So I had to like just pull back and like rethink about the game and what my goals were and what I wanted to do and where I wanted to be at. I mean, we only get three flights a year and five at most. So maybe maybe four, but we got to be pretty smart with with our selection. Um, and and with me, it was just like I don't know, man. Just, I'm always tough guys. Yeah, yeah. All right. To close, I want to ask you this. You're coming off two defeats. He's coming off three, but you guys are two legends who, who are known for for spectacular highlights. What should fans expect about this one with all the craziness, no no fans in the arena? You just took the fight a couple weeks ago. What can we expect on May 9th? I mean, fans know how, how I fight. I mean, Cowboy's not a guy that's going to come and try to lay on top of me and hold me down for three rounds. And I feel like he's coming, he's coming to scrap. And he has something to prove because uh, you know, I, I bodied him last time. So, um, I mean, fans know what they're in for. Like, the, the fans that, that know who me and Cowboy are know exactly what, what kind of fight to expect. All right, man. Best of luck to you. Thanks for the time. Hi, bro. All right, Steve. Hey, how you doing? I'm doing great, man. I, it, it's really cool to hear you teaming up with Modelo ahead of May 5th to celebrate Cinco de Mayo from home for those of age and saluting the frontline workers of the pandemic. Uh, you're one of them. And I really commend you for the work you've been doing in, in Ohio. Um, you know, what's it been like being a fireman and a paramedic during such a crazy time? Well, you know, it's, uh, you know, it is crazy. And just, we got to do a lot of precautions, um, you know, coming to work, checking our temperature, making sure, you know, any, any symptoms. And, you know, we do go on calls, you know, we're, we're masked, we're masked, you know, goggles, uh, you know, gloves that we usually wear on every call. And if we had to, we, we would put an apron on. Um, so it just, you know, it's just, it's just, it's a little more hectic, but, you know, we have to be a little more cautious of what we do. And, um, and, you know, listen, that's why I love McDonald's. It's one of the best companies I can work for and ever, ever work for just because of what they do. They're always giving back and, you know, like, you know, they're doing this. Um, me, me and my daughter were joining up together to do this uh, you know, hashtag uh, sync up C I N C U P for everyone over 21. Um, but uh, you know, every time someone puts that in a, in a post, uh, they would donate a dollar uh, towards first responders, and like he doesn't get better than that. And that you know, we need a lot we can because you know, a lot, a lot of a lot of them don't have enough masks because they you know they've been you know some some areas a little bit worse than others, and it's been tough. Yeah, absolutely. I love what you guys are doing. Like you mentioned, on Cinco de Mayo, Tuesday, May 5th, use that hashtag SyncUp, C-I-N-C-U-P, and Modelo is going to donate a dollar for everyone to the first responders, first initiative, which is fantastic. Uh, Stipe, it's almost weird to ask this, but like, have you even been able to think in the mindset of a fighter while you're doing, you know, such an important job for your community during this time? Uh, yeah, you know, it's like my little daughter, she's almost two, so we literally fight every day because she wants a cookie and I say no, and then <laughs> it gets real hectic now sometimes, but you know, it's, you know, it is what it is, you know, she's, she's gonna learn, you know, sometimes the hard way, you know, <laughs> I'm just joking. Um, no, uh, yeah, I mean, it, it has been tough, you know, I've been trying to do the most that I can. Unfortunately, my gym's still closed and, you know, that might be one of the last things to open here in Ohio and, uh, that might not be for a while, which is, you know, unfortunately sucks, but, uh, you know, you know, my coach and Jim don't, don't, you know, we'll make it through this. But uh, yeah, you know, it's just uh, like, like I said, task at hand, man. It's all uh, we'll worry about this pandemic getting it down, and it's calming down. So hopefully, it stays that way, and hopefully, we'll have another like you know a second wave. But uh, you know, right now, everyone's listening, listening to the news, what to do, and 
so far so good. You know, I've talked to a lot of fighters during this, and you and you get a mix. You know, people are fighters are no different than anyone else. They're getting itchy, cabin fever. Uh, maybe if you know they're not in the midst of of the pandemic, it might not feel the same as what you're going through. But have you understood the mindset of a lot of them where? They don't care about a short training camp. They just want to get back out there. They want that normalcy again. And we're going to see that, of course, May 9th with UFC 249. Yeah, I mean, I, I can see it, you know, on both ends. Uh, you know, it's a two-way street. Some guys, you know, just want to fight, which is great. But, like, I love training. I love going to the gym. I love getting that sweat. I love talking to my coaches, my teammates, getting better, learning. And just, that, you know, just that's what I miss more than anything. You know, not even about the fight. just more just – just getting in the gym and just having my routine, you know, and, uh, cause you know, with the fights, you know, the week, you know, go there a week early, da, 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 you know, a few times a year, but you know, we're training, it's all year round. And I miss that. I miss, you know, having in the morning, having it at night and just get to see everyone and see how the day went. Just, just, you know, it's like a big family. Um, I know that, uh, during this quarantine time, man, I I'm putting on the weight, I'm eating the snacks, I'm drinking the Modellos. Have you been able to stay in great shape during this? Uh, I mean, the best I could, I guess. It's just, it's tough, you know. Uh, I mean, I'm, I think I'm beginning, becoming a better carpenter. I'm taking out wallpaper, you know, <laughs> doing stuff around the house. <laughs> uh, you know, my wife's been loving it. But, uh, besides that, yeah, I mean, the best I can is just, you know, it's only so much. We have a treadmill on the bike, but I mean, I you know, I probably should get a heavy bag in my house, but yeah, it is what it is. Do you, have you had any conversation with UFC about a, a timetable for you? I know that fights are, are looking to start next week and to be on the docket every weekend. According to Dana, he thinks you guys can get back on schedule as a company in late June where you're all caught up. Uh, are are you looking forward at all to, to starting a training camp? What's your sort of personal timeline? Yeah, I mean, definitely. But once I had my first and foremost, like I was waiting for my gym to be open, but, uh, like right now, I'm not worried about that. Like I said, my 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 like mindset is you know making sure everyone around me, especially my family, is okay, and make sure we can get past this pandemic. Absolutely. Uh, we've seen some fighters, like I said, make different reactions to this. Amanda Nunes preferred a full training camp rather than just sort of rush back. Are you of that same mindset, considering what you have to protect, which is your heavyweight championship, that you wouldn't want to come back under non-ideal circumstances? 100%. I want to make sure I have full camp. I mean, it's not just a three-round fight. You know, it's a five-round fight. I'm fighting a very, I'll be fighting a very good fighter, you know, whoever's in D.C. or not. I mean, someone's going to be a really good fighter, someone, you know, that's, you know, good. So I'd rather have a full camp, you know, and, you know, man, has got the right mindset. That's why we're on the same team with Modelo and, you know, we're doing the, you know, hashtag sync up together, you know, and plus other athletes are doing it too, but just, you know, she's one of them, but she's, but she's exactly right there. I mean, I'd rather have a full camp and, you know, not, not, you know, just kind of go through it just for a paycheck. You know, the, the reason why I'm a champion is because I, I worked hard to where I get. I, you know, I'm not going to sit there and, you know, kind of half it through a camp and then go to a fight and think what I, if I lost, like what I lose. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, do you think you'll fight in, in this calendar year? Oh, yeah, for sure. All right. Now, when I say the words fight island to you, how do you react to that? Uh, I. Mortal Kombat. <laughs> <laughs> just because, like, you know, I just, like, I think it's from that movie or whatever. And, no, I mean, I, I understand what they're doing. And, you know, we, we, I know the whole world misses sports. Just whatever sport it is, it, you know, it brings all of us together. And uh, it just sucks not having it. It's so weird not turning the TV on and seeing, you know, watching sports and seeing 
the highlights of you know the night before and the day before and just uh, it's interesting getting missing baseball and I think uh, you know just as long as everyone's safe and you know I think it'll be good but you know right now I just uh, not the least my worries absolutely uh I would assume you will be an interested uh observer come May 9th UFC 249 in Jacksonville uh, empty arena, but it's a loaded card in one of those fights, man. Francis Ngannou against Jair Rosenstruck. There's, you know, kind of the idea that it's almost like a number one contenders fight. What are your thoughts about that matchup? I think it's a great fight. I mean, those two guys are big boys. They throw hard. You know, I fought Francis. You know, he's definitely, definitely a tough guy. Strong, hits hard. You know, and moves well for a big guy. And so, and, and so, uh, you know, it's. it's I, I really don't know. Either it could be you know a, a, a quick one for one of them, or it could be a slug fest for three. You know, I think three rounds, right? Mm-hmm. Or, uh, it could be a slug fest for three rounds. Uh, do you have a favorite for this? Do you have a guy you'd prefer to face? Uh, you know, with respect to what will or may not happen with DC, is there any of the two you'd like to mm-hmm. face? Or? No, I, I, whoever it is, it is. I, I don't care. <laughs> Never have. <laughs> uh, I just fight. I fight whoever. How different of a fighter do you think Francis is from the time that you fought him? Oh, definitely. I think he definitely evolved a lot better. Uh, you know, he's definitely, uh, you know, he, he, he's worked on his mistakes. But, you know, if we do fight again, it's, it's going to be the same outcome. Me walking, walking out the ball, still wrapped on the waist. I mean, nothing's going to change. I mean, he's definitely got a lot better. But, you know, I'm just, uh, he, he was not going to take what's mine. And what are your thoughts on, on Rosenstruck's development up to this point? He's definitely tough too. You know, he's definitely gotten better. Uh, you know, he, uh, I think he, you know, he's in, he's gotten better, like I guess, with Francis, but it's the same way, you know, I don't think, you know, I, I, I know I'd still walk out with the boss of Revell Waste. All right. You got to so, give me a prediction for May 9th for these two. Who's going to win that? I, I'm, I, I don't pick. I'm terrible at this. I hate it. Uh, <laughs> I'm sorry. I, I just, and Outlaws is a good fight. That's all I care about. Honestly, I, uh, I'm just really, uh, yeah, that's why I never gamble on stuff because I'm terrible at picking the winner. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I wanted to close with a question on DC. We've heard Cormier say if he does fight again, it would only be against you. Uh, are you of the same mindset where you, this guy has become almost your, you know, your chief rival of your career? You guys had two classic fights. Do you, would you be comfortable if this third fight never happened? I mean, I don't care what happens. I mean, I'll, like I say, I'll fight whoever. I mean, you know, if it's DC, it's DC. You know, I'm not, not talking to him or anything like that. So, you know, wherever UFC wants, you know, I'm, I'm down. Um, so, you know, whatever. You know, if they say DC, I'm like, well, third time, so, hey, let's do it. And nothing's going to change. You know, I, uh, the last fight started a little slow, uh, but this time it won't be like that. And uh, definitely, uh, you know, I'll be, I'll be a lot better and more prepared. But is there is there are you saying there's no emotional connection? Like you don't look at DC and say, "Look, he's my Frazier to my Ali. We're we're going to be linked together." No, I'm I'm a married man. I don't know where you're going with this, but uh, <laughs> uh, I'm just joking. <laughs> uh, no, uh, no, no. Honestly, I just you know I just I'll do my thing. I go out there and do my thing. You know, I never never try to be too emotional. And uh, you know, task at hand. I always say task at hand. I repeat myself over and over again. Love talking to you, champ. Can't wait for Cinco de Mayo. We're going to do it from home, May 5th. Hashtag sync up for Modelo. Great work that you're doing in your home state of Ohio, and I hope you stay safe, and we can't wait to see you back. Yeah, honestly, thank you guys so much. And like I say, make sure you guys on on Tuesday, everyone that's over 21, you know, give the hashtag sync up and uh, 
and Waddell is going to donate a dollar for everyone. So it's for a great cause. Can help first responders first, and I mean, doesn't get better than that. Absolutely, great talking to you, Cowboy. How's everything, man? Good, good. How are you? Doing good. Hey, man, another uh, short notice fight. The kind of fights that that have defined you. Why do you love these so much? <laughs> Oh, man, you know, there's no time to think about it. I'm actually just going to go ahead and park the bus down here after Saturday and just rally to get on Wednesday and Saturday again. So I'm here. I'm here for all three. Uh, tell me the specifics on how this came together when you first found out. Uh, I was building the bar at the ranch, and uh, USC called me and said, how do you feel about fighting uh, May 9th? And I was like, sounds good. See you there. How many weeks did you end up getting for a camp? Two, two, two and a half, probably. I think counting, counting this week. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. So yeah. now, obviously, you're always in great shape, so or you wouldn't be able to uh, take short notice fights and be so active. But uh, what is it about the mental preparation or, or, or the pressure that makes you better when there's I, I don't know less time to think about it? That's what it is. It's less time to think about. It. Just go out there and just have fun, man. Who knows? Don't have the don't have the answer for you. I just I enjoy it. All right, take me back to the first meeting with Anthony Pettis. Uh, in your own words, what what you thought heading in, and and you know what you thought coming out. Uh, man, back in the did we fight in the UFC or the WC? I don't even remember. UFC. It was what? It was in the UFC. Yeah, twenty thirteen. 2013. Ah, uh, man, that was a while ago. Um, I just remember he kicked the, my whole liver out of my body, man. That was no fun. I remember he kicked me hard as shit, and I was like, oh, God, and tried to hide it, and he hit me again. I was like, oh, God, I cannot even fight that. It just crumbled me. No, yeah. Um, so, yeah. Shuck. Uh, certainly. Um, are you the <laughs> kind of guy that, that, that holds grudges that, that, that go back to defeats? No. Anthony's, Anthony's my buddy. We've hung out many times we uh yeah we actually text back and forth getting preparing for this fight so it was good i text anthony said you want to do 185 and three one minute rounds and he said hell yeah <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh he told me he's super excited to the fight for the fight as it sounds like it for you um what's the added you know, significance in the idea that this is the only game in town Saturday night, no fans, but you know, UFC getting out in front to, to try to get sports back in our lives. Yeah, man. I think just out of pure, that's the only thing to watch. People are going to watch, you know, even if you're not a UFC fan, if you're like a golf guy, you're like, man, fucking golf's not even on right now. I guess I'll tune in and watch this UFC bullshit. And then there we go. So I bet there's gonna be a lot of eyes. It should be fun. I'm excited. Uh, your name's getting a lot of uh, a press from an ESPN interview you did where suddenly now Stephen A. Smith is going, hey, look, I'm right what I said about Cowboy. How did you react when you heard all that? Oh, I didn't hear. You, you guys got the wrong guy when you think that I give a shit to anything you guys say. So I don't like read it, watch it, look at it. So I have no, I have no clue what Stephen A. Smith said, nor do I care. No, no idea. All right, he was didn't, taking a victory Didn't read lap. about it, think about it, so... He's basically claimed you didn't show up against uh, Connor, and he feels like you confirmed that with your comments. Yeah, the shoe fits, wear it, huh? All right. Well, you know, take me back. Uh, how do you look at that loss now? 
Uh, I don't, I don't, I don't even know how to answer that. You know, it sucked. That was like biggest fight, biggest chance, biggest opportunity I had. And fucking didn't show up and blew it. You know, so uh, I don't know. I don't know how to how to answer that correctly. You know what I mean? Fucking sucks. Yeah, and I appreciate you you answering that for sure. <laughs> um, you know, did did that shoulder strike he hit was kind of weird? Was that sort of the turning point? No, me shooting into his knee was the turning point. I grabbed a hold of him trying to figure out where the hell I was. The shoulder strikes just added to the to the fuzz, followed up by a kick to the head. So, it, uh, good job on his for not letting me try and regain my composure and keeping the pressure on. And you know, he, he did everything he had to do. So, I, I on the other hand, did nothing. All right, well, Anthony Pettis lost on that same card on the same night to Ferreira, and he's basically saying he's only back this quick because he wants to get that taste out of his own mouth and get, you know, make everybody forget about that and focus on him getting a win. How much is that fueling you entering this fight? Um, again, I have no idea that's what he was saying. You know, I don't I don't uh, I don't follow any social media. I don't follow this sport. I'm probably the only guy in this sport that doesn't actually watch this sport. So, um, but I don't even know he's saying if, if that's what he wants to do. I mean, sure. I'm sure he wants to get the taste out of his mouth. You know, a loss sucks. So getting, uh, getting back in there. Fuck yeah. I'm plus he knows I'm game to fight him. I don't care. So let's go. I mean, do you have the same feeling where, you know, three fight losing streak, it, it, this is, you know, win or go home in a way. <laughs> I mean, yeah, if you're asking me, if you ask me if I'm tired of losing, the answer is fuck yes. <laughs> I love it. I love the honesty of uh, of Cowboy. Hey, I remember you telling that story one time that you met the damn Kid Rock and he kind of no-sold you and, and said he didn't like MMA. Did you ever run into that guy again? <laughs> that guy, yeah, Bobby? Yeah, we're, we're actually pals now, you know what I mean? So, um, that was early, early, early back in the WC days, you know, but now... Sports gotten so big, times have changed, everything's good. So, yeah. I'm, I mean, is Kid Rock a good hang? I've never really hung. I've only hung with him in, like, uh, kind of private circumstances with uh, back in NASCAR, you know, so never really shared a beer with the guy, but I'd imagine he would be. All right. Well, we're, we're in the cowboy dad version of Donald Cerrone's career. And uh, I love the names you're picking up for the kids. It's great to see you in this role. Are you going to be that crazy dad that's like, hey, man, go go do whatever you want. Fireworks at four years old, whatever. Lighters, go play with lighters. I could see that happening, Cowboy. Yeah, absolutely, for sure. Do whatever. Do you, boy. <laughs> I love it. Uh, what are you drinking these days, Cowboy? Because, you know, we look at you, we think canned beer, American lager. But we're going through an IPA revolution. Did you ever get on board? No, no, I'm a, I'm, I'm a Budweiser guy all the way to the end. Did it just not your flavor to try to mix it up at all? Uh, you know, sponsored by Anheuser-Busch, so that's what I drink. Ice cold, delicious Budweiser, man, all day long. Well said. Well said. Um, you've got a great opportunity here in the prelim main event on ESPN to 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 really, you know, set off the kind of fireworks people expect when Cowboy and Anthony Pettis uh, show down. Uh, what's your what's your game plan? What's your mindset? Just bang. I mean, what are we going to see here? 
Yeah, hell yeah, go in there and fight my ass off. Exactly. Do what I love to do, man. There's no other place I'd rather be than in there on Saturday night. So I got to go do what I love. Uh, you said in the past you you want to fight forever. They're gonna have to pull you out of that damn cage. We still on track for that? Yeah, Fred. I got just told you I'm parking my bus. And I'm trying to fight all three nights. If that doesn't tell you who I am, I don't know what else will. Uh, what what's your take on no fans? What how that might affect you in there? Is that anything you focus on during a fight anyway? The energy in the building? <laughs> no, I don't care. I fight anywhere, anyone, anytime, anywhere, any place doesn't matter. So. Fans, no fans, no matter to me. You may even fight a fan if if they if they show up at a on a yacht and talk <laughs> trash to you. Yeah. I love it. Well, cowboy, thanks for the time. Always appreciate your candor. Uh, you tell it like it is, and uh, I'm expecting fun this Saturday. So go out there and get it done. You got it. All right, special thanks to our guests, Dana White, Stipe Miocic, Donald Cowboy Cerrone, and Anthony Pettis. Good chats with all ahead of this card, 249 this weekend. A reminder, wall-to-wall coverage on the State of Combat podcast. We got your detailed preview with Rashad Evans. We got post-coverage with the instant analysis. CBS Sports HQ, guys, right after the fight, head on over there. You'll be seeing my my mug talking about things, breaking it down. A lot of previews all day, all night, heading in, and big-time interviews for sure. Uh, wall-to-wall coverage here on CBS Sports. So we got your back, as always. Uh, also, little little spinoff bonus episodes this week of the State of Combat, Combat Podcast. We've got Jim Ross, the great AEW play-by-play pro wrestling announcer, WWE Hall of Famer. Got a new book out. We're going to hear about how he's dealing with things post-quarantine, his life now as a widow. A lot of good stuff to get in there with good old JR. Also, Shakur Rashad and I, to start this week off, went back into the archives. A little story time with Rashad. Phase two of his career after winning the Ultimate Fighter, going from pretender to contender. Fun chat, fun show. You're not going to want to miss that. Follow us on State of Combat on Twitter. And look, just enjoy the fights this weekend. That's all I got to say to you. We got something to get fired up about. Uh, Hey, world, get your S together, okay? John Jones, get your s*** together. I'm waiting for you. And hopefully everybody's doing well in all seriousness. Uh, Mentally, physically, during this this COVID run right now, uh, there's light. There's a little bit of light at the end of the tunnel, okay? And it's it's only going to get better. It's only going to get brighter. We're going to get through this. And uh, sometimes we got to fight to do it. So let's dig in. Let's do it. And uh, I, I got two more words for you. I used to f*** guys cool. like you in high school. Uh, no, Joe Benavides. That's not what I got. Uh, we out. The wait is over. The Shy returns with new episodes on Paramount+. Plus. What brings you to the Shy? Opportunity. Everybody get down! A new rain is coming to the South Side. Never should have sent a boy to do a woman's job. The Shy. New episodes May 10th. Visit ParamountPlus.com slash The Shy to get a 50% discount off the Paramount Plus with Showtime annual plan. Offer ends July 14th. Subscription auto renews. Restrictions apply.